Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Wow. I don't even know where to start. I don't even. I think everyone who came in here to speak had a theme. And all of the themes were gelling up. It's like they, they were just placed in a very nice order. Did we all understand? Yes. God is speaking to us. God continues to show us how much he loves us. Hallelujah. So, we thank God for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made so that we rejoice in his uh, presence as we share his word. Um, let's pray. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are awesome. Thank you that we are because you are. Thank you that you created us in your image, in your likeness. Thank you that you love us and you care for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Spirit of God, that we experience that. Not only this morning, but each and every day of our lives as we live in this world. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we can cry unto you and say, Abba, Father, and you hear us and you attend to our prayers. Thank you for speaking to us this morning as your church. We pray that we hear your word, hide it in our hearts so that we do not sin against you. We hear your word and run with it. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. As always, church, uh, when I'm standing in front of you to share the word of God, I want to speak to people who are excited. Are we all excited? Thank you, thank you. So today I have a, an interesting title in my message. I always like to call my titles interesting. I always say that. I want to talk about reviving the altar of prayer, right? I think it's already there. And I'm going to, oh, there's First Samuel, I'm going to touch on that scripture, but the one I wanted to start with, it's actually James 5, verse 17 to 18. Now, I want to mention a few things when I'm talking about prayer. I'm probably the most least qualified person to talk about prayer. I've met people who live prayer, who can tell you many testimonies about prayer and how they've walked with God in their prayer life. But I'm here today to just bring a reminder. I'm here to remind you of why we need to revive the altar of prayer. So I'm going to read a scripture in James 5, verse 17 uh, to 18. It says, Elijah was a human with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and constitution like ours. He prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on earth for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, 
and the heavens supplied the rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. This was one man. Whenever I read this scripture, I've read it before I preached some messages on this, it challenges me when the Bible talks about Elijah being a man of our nature like us, but God giving him that ability to pray and unlock the heavens. And unlock, lock and unlock the heavens and the rain. Every time when I walk in my spiritual as a Christian, I always look at these people in the Bible. Some of them, I'll be talking about them. And I look at them and I'm like, what is it that they did that I am missing, that I'm probably not doing good to measure up to what they, they lived to do? So maybe before I go further, let me start by explaining what is an altar of prayer. So I'm trying to stick to my notes here because I want to say some things, but I'm not a not speaker. I like to move around, you know, and stuff like that. Now, so as you know, if we read the Bible, when we're talking about altars, right, there were places of sacrifices, right? Back in the Old Testament where people would bring their animals and put them in the altar and there'll be a sweet-smelling aroma going to God and God will be pleased. And then when Jesus came, that changed. And we, he gave us access to worship him. But why am I talking about an altar of prayer, right? So it is a place where we can offer honor to God. Growing up in my life, I've learned that there are places that I might not be allowed to access. You know, there are places where I am maybe not part of the group of people to access or to be given access or to interact with those people. Or maybe I need to go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, security checks to reach to a certain individual. But I realized again when I got served that God has given me access to him. Hello, church. If God has done that, God has also given you access. Can you please tell the neighbor, your neighbor and say, God has given you access. Come on, church. Come on, come on, come on. Some of you are very serious. T tell, tell the person next to you. Say, you have the access card. You don't need, oh, you don't need to be a government minister. You don't need to be related to Justin Trudeau. You don't need to be the premier of New Brunswick. You need to be a child of God, to have access to God. I was talking to a few people who went to, who were visiting England and stuff like that. I'm like, when they come back, I'm like, did you see the pr Prince, uh, no, King Charles, not Prince Charles? And they'll be like, ah, they, there's no way I can access the king. But let me tell you, God has given us access to him. Do we believe that, church? Hello? Thank you. If you believe that, it is important. So, it is a place where we can sacrifice, not our animals. We, we, God doesn't call us to sacrifice our cats for those who like our cats, and for those who like your dogs, for those who like your dogs. But God is calling us to sacrifice 
our time. Hello? Stay with me. He's calling us to sacrifice our time. He's calling us to sacrifice our most valuable sporting teams. When Manchester City is playing, when Toronto Maple Leafs is playing, and then God says, Mark, how about you come and pray? And then you say, God, I want to watch Maple Leafs. <laughs> I like that. But th th that is what, what, what I'm talking about. We're not looking at uh, an altar of prayer. It is that place where we go and we seek God's face. And we say, God, we are here. We are here for you, God. I am here for you. Whether you're praying as an individual or you're praying with family or you're praying with whoever, but a place of that kind of sacrifice. It is a place where we can exchange, where we can communicate, where can we can interact with God. Like I keep cycling back that there are people in life that they don't want us to access and maybe never give audience to. But God listens to us. Even the smallest baby like Milo, you know, even the smallest baby like Zoe, God listens. That is how awesome our God is. So I am here to encourage us, church. Uh, if we were praying, I'm here to encourage us to raise our altar of prayer because this Jesus never fails us. This Jesus will never leave us alone. Like you had, as everyone else who came in here uh, was saying, right? So I'm here to say to us, if maybe you have been praying for 10 seconds in your life, I'm here to say, how about we take it to 10 minutes? If you have been praying for 10 minutes, how about we take it to one hour? Because if where your heart, where, where you invest your time is, that's where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. I'm here, church, to encourage us to, 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 to kind of like level up a notch higher. And remember, it's not in the number of hours. It's not in the number of hours, maybe praying for seven hours or, or 25 hours. That will make a difference. But it is that attitude of wanting to seek the face of God that makes a difference. When I, was when I started being a Christian, or when I was born again, rather, I used to pray just by the following the programs that are set on church, at church. And most of the time, I will not meet all of, the, all of them. Let me ask you today, other than us coming in the morning and having a church service and praying and maybe having prayers like we're going to have today later in the evening, or maybe having a prayer camp, or like family weekend we're going to have, or whatever event that Christ Central does. Outside that, do you have time to pray? Do you have your own time to seek God? I want you to look at your neighbor. I'm going to block the light so that I can see your faces. <laughs> like I mentioned, can you look at your neighbor and say, 
other than these things, do you have your time to pray to God? Talk, talk. I Let's talk. Right. If I had time, I was going to start asking for answers and say what was the answer that you got. I'm pretty sure that there are people who just maybe were like me during those days who will only pray when I have come to church and when I'm done, that's it. If you do that, if you leave the church and go back home, you will not grow. You will not develop. But we have to have that quality time, you know, that you can create. Or maybe it could be your closet, or it could be your basement, or it could be your bedroom. I don't know what place that will be, you know, where you wake up in the morning and seek God, or in the evening and seek God and say, this is my meeting place with God. Hello, church? If you do that, you are reviving the altar of prayer. It becomes your place of sacrifice. It becomes your place of communicating with God. It becomes your place of exchange with God. I believe for Elijah to be able to move the heavens, for Elijah to be able to move, you know, to change the course of direction, to actually pray and say, I am stopping the rain. It wasn't because he was just coming to church and listening to songs like what we're doing and then going home. I believe he went an extra mile. Hello, church? Are we still together? Yeah. I've been inspired by Gary. Many people inspire me, let me tell you here. You are an amazing church. But I've been inspired with, by Gary. I've been praying uh, and until a few weeks when I started, changed my job. We have been praying at 6.30 in the morning. And Gary is, unless if he's not there, and always, 6.30 in the morning, he's there in his chair and praying. Other than church. I'm not praising him. I know there are some people who are praying secretly and they're not even mentioning it. We need that kind of sacrifice as a church. We need that kind of grind, of drive to seek the face of God. You know, so when I joined Gary, you know, in the 6.30, it reminded me, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that when the time when Jesus went to pray, you remember? When Jesus was, was about to be, to be crucified, he left his disciples, right? He left his disciples, and then he moved a, a step further and went to pray. What happened? When he went to pray and got back, what did he do? Come on, are there people who read the Bible here? Yes, he found them sleeping. So when I joined to pray with Gary at 6.30, I'll tell you, those have been my hardest minutes to wake up. Hardest time to just wake up and get myself ready for prayer. Why? Because prayer changes the course of our situations. Prayer changes lives. And when the devil sees that there are people that are praying, he's not happy. Hello? I can sit and watch a movie, three-hour movie, and repeat it again and repeat it again. How many of us have watched Forrest Camp more than once? I will confess. Thank you for some of you watching. I've watched Forrest Gump more than once. 
How many of us have tried to pray for 15 minutes by themselves? It, it's so painful, right? It feels like the world is coming to an end, right? Come on, church, come on, let's be real. But I can assure you I've inspired somebody today. Somebody will be like, oh, I want to watch Forrest Gump again. <laughs> and they will watch Forrest Gump. But prayer, <laughs> prayer, two minutes, the disciples were sleeping. And Jesus went back to them and said, wake up, pray, so that you do not fall into temptations. Are we together, church? We are a church of God. We are children of God. We need to pray. We need to raise an altar of prayer. God has done us. I'm, I'm sure for the, for, the, I nearly, yeah, for the guys back, it was easy for them to just drag a sheep. Nah, nah, and throw. Hey, but God now needs our time. You can call me to play soccer. I'll be so excited. I'll go and run around for two and a half hours. Call me for prayer. 30, 45 minutes, I'm sleeping. Hello? I experienced these things growing up. In, in my Christianity, in my first baby walks, you know, then I was like, something is wrong with me. What is happening? You know, then I started, I remember first time when I started praying, I went to some of my friends at church, very fired up guys. I was like, you guys, I see you are always enjoying. You're always speaking in tongues. You're always excited and jumping around and na, na, na. I don't feel anything. What is happening? And they were like, my friends, you got to start here. You have to be filled with the word of God. So when you don't have the word of God, you don't know how to pray. But the word of God brings revelation. The word of God enables you. So they were like, if you want to pray with us, Here's the Bible. Go read these verses. We want to see if you are serious. I tell you, it's a struggle. But I fought through. Read the Bible. Read the scriptures. I like what Betty was sharing. That's my favorite. So when you're, when you're sharing about uh, Psalm 23, I, I used to recite that by my head. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to, you know, I will go. You, you know, that kind of thing. I started memorizing scriptures. Then I started praying with them. And then when I got there, I was like, okay, teach me now. How can I pray in tongues? How can I get the excitement that you have? They were like, no, we can't teach you that. It's you have to go through the process. You have to be intentional. You have to be deliberate. You have to seek God in your own spare time. You are going to pray with us here. Thank you. But that is not enough. Create your own time. Could it be one hour? Could it be 10 minutes, but have time to seek God? And then I was like, wow. I thought you guys had some power, you know, when you were just going to lay your hands on me and all of a sudden I'll be like, woohoo, yeah. Doesn't work like that. We have to be intentional. I'm sure some of those guys were dragging their sheep, their cows or whatever animal it was coming with pain because they were going to see their animal that they valued and loved going for sacrifice. But God is calling us today, church, to sacrifice our time. Hello? 
I'm not saying we should mess, make mistakes at work when you're supposed to be working, when you're supposed to be working and you're praying. No. But whatever time you have, let's create time and pray and seek the face of God. There could be guys that are young, there could be people who are young here, you know, seek God. Ask from, we have elders, we have leadership in the church, ask them, help me, how can I do this? You know, they will teach you the, pr the principles, but you still have to go through the process. And I am sure that just like we read, we read from Elijah, we can be able to change situations. In this life that we live, you realize that it's not all about our intellectual abilities. It's not all about who you are connected to. It's not all about how good you are at driving, how careful you are at driving. It's not all about that. We live this life by the grace of God. And we need to stay connected to God. And we need to have an altar. We need to revive it. We need to have that place where we go and we cry out to God for our children. We cry out to God for our city. We cry out to God for our families. We cry out to God for our friends. We, we pray for different situations and you see them change. I've been through situations Rebecca can, can share with you, can, can, can attest to some of the things. Even when I was applying for my PR coming to Canada, you know, at some point we hit a barrier, a roadblock, and I thought nothing is going to work. I was so scared. But I remember we sat down and we prayed. Just prayer. I had all the paperwork. I had all the people I could contact, but there was a stalemate. And I was at risk of not being with my family or our family life could have been so complicated. But we prayed and God made a way. Are we together, church? I know we can have lots of testimonies. Some of them have already been shared in the church. But we need as a church of God to just create that time to seek God. Jody challenged me before I came to, 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 sorry, Jody, I didn't ask you whether I'll share about this, but I feel it in my heart now to share. She came and prayed for me, you know, and then she talked about the, she was praying about the love of God. So if we love God, we will create time to seek him. So based on the amount of time you are investing to seek God, or you are investing to pray God, to pray to God, does that show your love for God or not? Hello, church? You know, so Elijah did it. And if you read in 1 Kings 18, verse 20 to 40, he defeated 400 prophets of Baal by himself. Sometimes God doesn't show us, you know, things in the physical nature, some of the battles that we win, you know, that things that are happening spiritually or whatever the enemy would have wanted to do to us. Sometimes God doesn't show us. But when we pray, we have victory. I tell you right now, the devil is not happy for us to be gathered here and seeking his face. He wishes we were somewhere else, but we are here to seek him. Because some people have been praying that God breathe on your church. God 
keep your church moving forward. God upon Christ central, you shall build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Hello, church? Are we still together or I have lost you? We're still together. Now, so if we, if, if we quickly go to Daniel 6, verse 10, you know, there was a time when there was a, a decree, you know, I'm not going to read the scripture, but there was a time when there was a law that was put, and they say, no one should pray to God. A law, no one should pray to God. But Daniel said no. You know, so when Daniel knew, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows were being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He got down upon his knees three times a day, and he prayed and gave thanks before his God for what he had done previously. So if you look at Daniel, he got arrested for praying. How many of us can get arrested for praying today? <laughs> Thank you for that. But you know, in here we don't have that. But there are places in the world where other people, thank you for your answer, can get arrested. I've shared this before. Talk about places in China and other, let me not mention countries. You know, but we meet a man, Daniel, who when in the midst of adversity, in the midst of challenges, he still sought the face of God. He still prayed. We are not yet there, church. We are in a place where we can call upon the name of God. We don't know what the future might look like. Maybe we might wake up tomorrow and we have leaders who are saying, no prayer, no church. I wonder how it's going to look like. But Daniel prayed. But Daniel sought the face of God when it was illegal to do so. And we all know the story. Afterwards, Daniel was taken, thrown to the den of lions. What happened? They never touched him. The king rescued him the next day. So our God that we save is not like me. Our God that we save is not like you. He is a faithful God. I know we all have insurances. We all have trustees or places where we have made our investments. Those things, let me tell you, they can fail. But our God will never fail. He showed up for Daniel. This other scripture that I had is in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9 to 17. You know, if we look at Hannah, she was grieved, she was distressed, she was sorrowful. But where did Hannah go? She went to the house of God and prayed and she sought the face of God. If you read that scripture, I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but the Bible says Hannah went to the house of God and she prayed. The Bible says but the Lord had shut her womb but Hannah went and raised an altar to God. She cried out to God, God, bless me with a child. If you bless me with a child, I'll give him back to you all his days of his life. Because Hannah was tired 
of being underestimated. Hannah was tired of being looked down upon by Penina and everything that was happening. But she knew a place to go. I wonder what's our situation today. I wonder what's troubling you today. I wonder what is that thing that you are waking up to and you are feeling pain and a lot of things are happening. Is it pushing you away from God or it's pushing you towards God? Like what happened with Hannah? She prayed. And even as she was praying, here's the, here's the tricky moment. As she was praying, Eli, the priest, said, Hey, woman, stop being drunk. Hello? Imagine coming to church and Joe says, Hey, Debbie, stop being drunk. And you are praying. Probably you'll be like, I'm not going back to that church. That's what happens with many people. They're like, oh, I'm not going to Christ Central. People at Christ Central are not nice. But Hannah said, no, no, no. You are mistaken. I am pouring out my heart to God. Church, we need to pour our heart to God. We could be struggling with health issues. They could be perennial family squabbles. They could be you could be working with some toxic people at work. And every time you wake up to go to your work, you're thinking about your manager. Sorry for some of you who are managers here. Or you're thinking about your other colleague who's hurting you. But if you like Hannah, bring them to God. God can change any situation. And God changed Hannah's situation. And God placed her with a child. And that child became one of the greatest prophets who inspired many people. So your situation is not unto death, but your situation is unto the glory of God. So let's raise that altar of prayer, church, just like these people that I have given examples to. Let's raise that altar of prayer. Let's pray for our families. Pray our church, pray for our city, pray for our country, things will change. Even if things do not change within the next 30 seconds, within the next three minutes, let us be very strong in our faith, just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, who said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not going to bow down to this idol even if it means being sacrificed, let it be so. They never bow down. In our world we live in today, there are some idols that people are bowing down to, that churches are bowing down to. I'm not going to mention them so that I don't get in trouble, but you know what I'm talking about. There are some things that we are so scared of, more than being scared about God. But let me tell you, this same God who was before is the same God who is today, is the same God who will be. Hello, church. He is an immutable God. He is the same God who lived through the times of Pharaoh. He is the same God who, lives, who lived through the times of the Roman empires. He is still there. So I want to encourage us, church, 
to seek his face, to raise an altar, to cry unto God, to, to revive an altar of prayer. The Bible says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. When you move around and you talk to people, and they, when the minute you mention Christ Central, the first thing that must come from, uh, from, from people that we should, they should say, that is the house of prayer. Why? Because you are praying. You are praying. You are praying. I am praying. Our church is on fire. It's like when you're doing fire, right? You, when you put some logs that are wet and some that are dry, you produce a lot of smoke, right? But if we have dry logs and we put them together, you have such good fire. We become a church that is on fire. So every time when we come to church on a Sunday like this, how many of us maybe take time to say, God, I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for the praise and worship team. I'm praying for whoever is going to preach. I pray that, God, you touch your, the lives of your people. God, you move mightily. How many of us do that? We need to raise an altar of prayer. Right? Why should we do it? I have an expression here that says, a growing church is a praying church. When we pray, church, you can feel it. When you come to a place of believers where people are praying, you can feel it. You know, you can't explain it, but you can feel it that, yeah, there's something of God in this place. When I was, I probably have mentioned this before, when we were planning to move to Canada, uh, when I was about to come here, one of the first questions, number one question that I asked Rebecca, it wasn't about the town we're staying in, it wasn't about the city we're staying in. I was like, what kind of a church are we going to go to? And she was like, I was like, yeah, for me that is important because I want to be around people who will keep me on fire for God. I want to be around people who will keep me encouraged. And Christ Central, you have encouraged me. And Christ Central, you have filled me up. You know, I was trying to do checks and balances. I was like, this is what I used to do in Zimbabwe. I don't know what's going to look like when I move to North America. But you know what? I've met people here who have stretched me, who have encouraged me to pray. That's what we need to do. We become a growing church, right? So prayer is a blockade or it's a barrier or tactics to tactics to devices and frustrations of the enemy. Somebody earlier here shared about that we fight not against flesh or blood, but against the principalities, against the rulers of darkness, you know? So when we, when we raise an altar of prayer, it becomes a blockade. It becomes a barrier to all the things that the devil might want to do to us. And we become protected. Prayer keeps us awake. And we will not fall into temptations. I mentioned this earlier. You know, so when we are praying, when we raise our altar of prayer, your conscience is alert, your spirit man is alert, your mind is alert. When moments of trials come, 
you will not be like Peter who will end up chopping off somebody's ear, but you will know that this is from the enemy and I'm not going to tolerate it because we stay connected to God. So, what can we do as a church? You all know that faith without works is dead. Let's raise the altar of prayer. But some people might be asking, okay, how do we do that? We need to create quality time. I think uh, the leadership has, talk, has been talking about it. intentionality and stuff like that. I am not going to go back to that and talk a lot about that. But we just need to create time. Be it in a week. Be it in a, a, on a day, on a Wednesday, where you are saying, I am praying for the church. Today I'm praying for the church. Or today I'm praying for the young people in our church. Or just create that time. You know, I'm just going to show you a video soon as I round up my message of one of the movies that inspired me, that I've watched. It's a movie, I don't know whether you don't agree with its origins, but the excerpt that I picked there, hopefully it will drive something inside of you. There is a woman, a, an old lady in, that, in the clip you are going to see. She prayed. She had a closet. The movie is called War Room. She had a closet where she just went to pray and pray and pray and pray for situations. If you have not watched that movie, I would encourage you to watch it. It's called War Room. You know? So the second thing, what can we do? We need to understand or have a revelation of how we ought to pray. Different situations require different prayer types. There are situations as a church that we might need to pray and fast. Hello? Now I'm talking about fasting. People are thinking about their coffee <laughs> and stuff like that. Some of you are thinking about your chocolates and stuff like that. You remember the disciples, they were praying, and they were trying to deliver somebody, right, who was bound, and they could not do it. And then they said, why? And then the answer they got was, some of these require prayer and fasting. Our God is not like a genie, you know? You can't just rub the cup, and then he shows up and says, okay, passionate, who's troubling you? Hello? Are we still together, church? He's not like that. We need to understand, in this situation, do I need to pray by myself? Or do I need to say, Angela, help me pray? Or do I go to Debbie? Or do I bring Debbie and Angela and say, let's pray together? Because united we stand, right? Or... Do I need to go to the elders of the church? Do you know there's a scripture in the Bible that says uh, if anyone is troubled and stuff like that, you go to the elders of the church and they'll lay. Do you know that the God has given us leaders? I'm not trying to put them, you know, to make them sound like mini kings, no. But they have that blessing that they can pray for you and see your situation can change. Have a network of friends. Have people that you're praying with, that you're connected to. So, 
Church, I encourage us from today, let's steer up the atmosphere in our church. Let's change the course of action. When I started, I said everyone has access to God. You might not have access to Justin Trudeau, but you have access to God. And God, when God places Trudeau here, and he places you here, you are equal before him. So let's seek God. Let's pray for our church. Let's pray for the young people in the church. Let's pray for revival in the city. Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for the world. Let's raise an altar of prayer. And God will not fail us. Hello? If you see yourself having 10 friends and you're not having time with one of your friends to say, let's pray, maybe you might need to reevaluate your friendship. Have friends that will encourage you. Friends who will pray for you. While you do many other fun stuff, I'm not saying you, your life should be boring, but you have friends, iron sharpens iron. Have people who will encourage you in the Lord. There, were moment, there, there are moments, you know, where sometimes you have challenges at work, but because of confidentiality, you can't share it with somebody. But when you know somebody at work who's a Christian and say, let's pay, pray for this, it changes situations. So let's pray. Pray. Set the church of God on fire. Pray. Set our homes on fire. Pray. Set our city on fire. And the devil cannot stay there. I used to have thousands of people, hundreds of people. I, I grew up with my five sisters, and each of my sisters had their friends. And they used to flock to our house. Every time they came to our house, I would say, let's pray. And they'll start running away. I was like, yeah, don't come back. <laughs> that was like an acid test. You know, pray. I'm not saying our life is just centered in that small, in, in, the, in the box of prayer so that we don't live wisely with everyone, but I'm saying let's raise an altar of prayer and we'll see amazing things. We'll, we'll see God come through for us. Even church, I know we have prayed, let me encourage you, even if we pray for somebody here that they be healed and they are not healed, it's not our problem, but we have called upon the name of God. We keep praying. It is God that heals. Let's not stop praying. Let's not be like some people that I've seen tearing the Bible and saying God doesn't exist. God exists. And this gospel of truth and this gospel of old shall not faint, shall not die. Hallelujah, church. May you please play, play the video and I'm going to sit down now and then Mark will take over or Joel and then pray from there.
done it again, Lord. You've done it again. You are good and you are mighty and you are merciful. And you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it. Praise you, Jesus. You are Lord. Give me another one, Lord. Guide me to who you want me to help. Raise up more that will call upon your name. Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord, that hate to be lukewarm and will stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes so that they can see your truth, Lord. I pray for your hand of protection and guidance. Raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into this world, that will not compromise when under pressure, that will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord, that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on their knees, who will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle, that we may proclaim you King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all 